Hey there, everyone. This is Greg Schutz for ReadyForTheDraft.com, and this is the Ready for the Draft podcast post-draft edition, the final podcast of the 2019 draft podcast series. Hard to believe that it's finally come and gone. We've taken a look at all 32 teams and all of their draft picks, but it doesn't stop there. You have your undrafted free agents. We want to take a look position by position. There's still a lot of talent that was out there when uh, Mr. Irrelevant was announced. We'll take a look at not only each position, but we'll also take a look at each team, see how the teams fared with their undrafted free agents. And then we'll take a quick look at the 2020 draft. I know... We're, we're still a year away. We haven't even seen the 2019 season, but we want to at least take a look at who are some of the guys to be on the lookout for when we begin the 2020 podcast series. That's right. Readyforthedraft.com, ready for the draft podcast series. We'll be getting ready for the 2020 draft in August. We'll do a, a preseason uh, podcast to kick off the 2020 series. I can't wait. Now, before we jump into the undrafted free agents, we're going to go ahead and take a look at it again, position by position. Wanted to give you a quick update on my Achilles tear. Um, you know, we're almost five months uh, post injury and uh, got some good news. Went to physical therapy for the last time. Uh, they've gotten me to a point to where, you know, I, I still can't quite run on it just yet. You know, I still need to work on uh, some movement, especially getting up on my toes, but. Uh, no more physical therapy. So, you know, that's that's definitely some good news. Now it's just a matter of building that strength and moving on from there. So not even five months post-injury, and I'm already made my way through physical therapy. So I'll tell you what, you know, the you know non-surgical route ha- has worked very well for me. You know, I've really tried to stay to the T in terms of the doctor's orders and then with physical therapy after that. And uh, couldn't be happier with where I'm at right now. So... It's a little bit where where I'm at. You know, I know a lot of guys in the league right now suffering uh, Achilles tears. You know, Isaiah Crowell was the latest. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Brandon Brooks, lots of guys that are going down to that Achilles tear, and uh, you know, it, it's not an easy injury to come back from. But uh, you know, I know Emmanuel Sanders. He tore his right around a little bit earlier than 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 me in December, uh, and he's already back out running. So you know, good luck to him and in, in his rehab, along with the other guys as well. So let's take a look at these undrafted free agents, shall we? Quarterback position. I think we kind of knew that there was a good chance that Tyree Jackson may not be drafted. Um, just based on the fact that, you know, he's a junior. He's 6'7". And, you know, yes, he can throw the ball a mile. But uh, 55% uh, completion percentage in his career. Um, 49 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. Uh, a torn knee. Um, that, that's on, you know, playing only eight games as a sophomore in 2017. Um, you know, never really looked to be the same athlete that he was as a freshman when he when he ran the ball, uh, you know, 99 times for just under 400 yards and five touchdowns. Um, you know, the, the big thing with me, again, the accuracy. And when you're talking about a guy who is 6'7", um, you know, that's really going to play, you know, to his... Um, you know, the, the way that the, the, the six, seven quarterbacks, you know, you look at a, a guy like Brock Osweiler or, uh, um, Paxton Lynch and you see where, where they've, you know, they, they've really struggled to transition to the next level. That's really what Tyree, ja- uh, Tyree Jackson has to, uh, to work with and really what he's up against. So he's going to a, a, a quarterback, 
uh, room, though, in Buffalo with Josh Allen and Matt Barkley. So he has an excellent chance of being the number three uh, quarterback in that room. Um, you know, not a whole lot of experience. You know, Matt Barkley, you know, has been uh, a vet, I guess the veteran of, of the group, but, uh, you know, hasn't seen a ton of action out there on the field. Uh, you know, Brian Dable as the, as the offense coordinator, um, you know, out of Alabama, um, you know, I, I think he still has a chance at at least making the roster. Then you have Brett Rippon. Now, Brett Rippon, for me, I had him listed as my number seven quarterback overall. Um, you know, I, I think... You know, what's surprising is you look at the production, you know, 64% passer, uh, over 13,500 yards, uh, 90 touchdowns and just 29 interceptions. Um, You know, the the, what was so impressive was this was a guy who, you know, just he, he was the one that forced Ryan Finley to transfer to NC State. You know, not the biggest arm though, and and you know I think from an athleticism standpoint, he, he's limited athletically, and I think that's really a big reason why he uh, he wasn't drafted. You know, there are some other quarterbacks that uh, at the end of the day, you know, may not have quite the, the some of the numbers that he that he put up consistency. You know, and I think that's the thing that I, I really like about Brett Rippon is how consistent he was. Now he's going to Denver. Denver, you know, they have Joe Flacco, they have Drew, uh, Drew Locke, and then there's Kevin Hogan. So Brett Rippon, Kevin Hogan, really going to be a battling for that number three quarterback position. I don't know that Brett Rippon is going to stay in Denver, but I think he's a guy who's going to develop. He's going to end up being a back quarterback. That's what those those Boise State quarterbacks do. You could kill him more, really develop. I wouldn't be surprised if Brett Rippon ends up coaching in the NFL at some point, but uh, I still think that Brett Rippon has a chance at the next level just because, you know, the cerebral quarterback, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on, uh, on the New England Patriots when it's all said and done. So those were the quarter, the top quarterbacks that were uh, undrafted free agents. Now we take a look at the running back position. Uh, quite a few running backs that weren't drafted that, uh, you know, names that really pop off at you. Elijah Holyfield out of Georgia going to the Panthers. Now, Elijah Holyfield, I think what really hurt him more than anything else uh, was that, that 40 time. I don't think he could really overcome that. You know, one of the more physical running backs, power back, um, you know, really the, 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 the thunder to D'Angelo Swift's lightning there um but a 47840 uh at 510 217 pounds just wasn't going to cut it and uh you know he, he's going to to carolina you know you've got already have uh christian mccaffrey there you know carrying the rock really going to be the the, the bucal for them a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield as well um you know cameron artane's on the roster jordan scarlet uh, Elijah Holyfield really brings something different to the table, uh, you know, with with those backs. Though I think he's going to be that power back. Um, you know, he's really going to be battling Cam- Cameron Artis Payne. Cameron Artis Payne is a little bit of the same running back. So you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Elijah Holyfield there. Uh, another running back, you know, physical back that uh, was not taken was Karan Higdon out of Michigan. You know, he, he went to the Texans. Now, Karan Higdon was a, was a guy who just, you know, a model of, of consistency throughout the season for Michigan, uh, you know, in his senior year. You know, uh, 5'10", 220 pounds, um, you know, just under 1,000 yards a season ago or a season prior. And then as a senior, over 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, 5.3 yards per carry, 5.6 yards per carry in his career. Only 16 receptions, not really used much in the passing game. And so I think that's something that definitely hurt him uh, with, with that, that draft block when it was all said and done. Now, you, you look at him with his, his 40 time, and uh, you know, Higdon ran a, ran a 4 4 9. 
you know, and actually was measured in a five nine two oh six, so he actually cut some weight, and uh, you know, one of the faster backs there at the combine. But I, I think you know the fact that he just wasn't much of a factor in the passing game, um, you know, I think definitely limits some of his uh, um, some of his appeal. But when you look at at the Texans, that's where we're going. Lamar Miller is going to be the bell cow. You know, and and just you know, shy you know, uh, just a few yards shy of three straight thousand yard seasons there for the Texans. But uh, after that, Deontay Foreman, um, you know, and, and not a whole lot else behind him. Um, you know, they picked up Demarie Crockett out of Missouri as well. But I think Karan Higdon has a chance to end up being another one of those the, those power backs. The only thing is, is he's going to have to compete with Deontay Foreman. You have Josh Ferguson, who's going to be that change of pace type of back on the roster. Uh, I think Karan Higdon is going to push Deontay Foreman, really see if Deontay Foreman can take that next step. Um, you know, so I think Karan Higdon's going to have his work cut out for him to make the roster, though. Um, you know, so when we move on to Jalen Moore. Now, Jalen Moore, you know, battling injuries, and I think that was the big reason why he wasn't drafted. Um, you know, this is a guy who, for me, I was very uh, impressed with there um, during his uh, his time at Ala- Appalachian State. You know, 5'10", 212 pounds. Um, this was a guy who, you know, was a, was a thousand yard back before the injury, and. Um, you know, he's going to the Jets. Obviously, the Jets with the big free agent acquisition. They're bringing Le'Veon Bell in. You know, you look at uh, you know with with Jalen Moore, the production. You can't argue with it. Fourteen hundred yards as a sophomore, over a thousand yards as a junior, and he probably was well on his way. Over four hundred yards uh, in five games with six touchdowns. Um, you know, twenty three touchdowns or receptions in his career as well. Um, you know, he's going to be a guy, I think when he's going to, to the jets, obviously, you know, that Le'Veon Bell is going to be the number one guy. Uh, after that, you have Elijah McGuire, who's kind of shown to be the, uh, the versatile back, uh, coming out of the backfield, excellent hands. Um, and then after that, there's kind of a hodgepodge, you know, D'Angelo Henderson, Ty Montgomery, um, you know, tr- uh, Trenton Cannon. Uh, so Jalen Moore is going to fit right in there. May not, you know, because of the injury, may not, uh, maybe a guy who you'll see on the practice squad. But, uh, you know, the production, you can't argue with that. And, uh, you know, really the biggest thing is going to be whether or not uh, he can come back from the injury. Um, LJ Scott out of, um, out of Michigan State. Um, you know, a, a big power back. He's going to be a guy that's going to Cleveland. Cleveland already has, um, you know, Nick Nick Chubb on the roster. When you look at Cleveland, you know, who, what do you have behind Nick Chubb? You have Duke Johnson, who's going to be that versatile guy out of the backfield. But then who else do you have? Who else is there at, at the running back position? And, uh, you know, LJ Scott, a guy who, you know, could be that power guy. Um And I was looking here. You know what? Well, three days ago, LJ Scott actually quit football. So he actually, when I look at him, there was a good chance that he could have made that roster. You know, I'm looking at Cleveland. You know, you have Nick Chubb. You have Duke Johnson. You're looking for that third back, a power back. LJ Scott would have made a whole lot of sense, but he quit football. He's not on the roster anymore. Um, so we'll move on to the next running back. Alex Barnes uh, went to the Tennessee Titans. Now, Alex Barnes really had a breakout season in uh, in 2018. You know, this was a guy, you know, really carried the ball. 
um, well for Kansas State. A guy who I thought should have come back for one more season. You know, 6'1", 225 pounds, over 1,300 yards, 12, uh, 12 touchdowns, and then 20 receptions on the year as well. Going to the Tennessee Titans, Titans have Derrick Henry there at running back, and then you have DeAndre, uh, I'm sorry, Deion Lewis. Um, Barnes is going to be battling uh, the, the likes of, of David Flewellen, uh, Jeremy McNichols, Dalen Dawkins, has a chance to make the roster. Really, Alex Barnes was kind of the workout warrior at the Combine, just put up numbers everywhere he went. Um he has a shot to make the roster, though. You know, he's going to be in, in competition with, with three other guys. Um, he's somebody who I think, you know, has a shot at, at, at making the roster, though. You know, another guy who I, I think could potentially carve out a, a, a niche for himself is is James Washington. I'm sorry, James uh, Williams uh, out of uh, Washington State. Um, you know, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams. Why not James Williams as well, right? Um, but Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, Daryl Williams, um, you know, they already have Darwin Thompson on the roster as well. James Williams. There's just, there's too many running backs. I think at a loaded running back position, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the chiefs ultimately let James Williams go and allow him to potentially find a roster spot elsewhere. Teams that need a running back to catch the football out of the backfield. This guy has over 200 receptions in his career, uh, for the Washington Cougars. So I, I think he has a chance to make a roster. I just don't think it's going to be in Kansas city. Divino Zigbo, big power back there for for um for for Nebraska wasn't invited to the combine you know took that snub in stride and uh you know you've got Alvin Kamara and you've got Latavius Murray there in New uh in New Orleans but uh you know Divina Zigbo you know competing with Dwayne Washington uh to be that number three back AJ Allett um you know the thousand yard rusher for the University of Ohio also there as an undrafted free agent a guy that I didn't really have on my list but, uh, you know, a, a guy who I think could end up surprising some people, um, you know, because, you know, he's just a, a guy who runs so hard, runs really hard between the tackles, not doesn't have the top end speed, but over 1300 yards a season ago for uh, the Ohio Bobcats, 12 touchdowns on the year as well, 21 receptions. Um, so I, I think when you look at that, you know, Ozigbo, that's going to be his, I think, his top competition. Um, you know, to be that number three running back there for the Saints. And, uh, you know, Zigbo over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, 49 receptions in his career. You know, two guys who are, are, are similar, don't have that breakaway speed, but, you know, a couple of power backs between the tackles. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who ends up making the roster there as a number three back for the Saints. Uh, another guy to keep an eye out for, West Hills, uh, at a slippery rock going to, to the Cardinals. Big, physical, powerful back. Um, you know, pot, potentially being a backup there for uh, for David Johnson in uh, in Arizona. So we transition to the wide receiver position. Lots of wide receivers out there. Uh, you know, one of those, uh, Emmanuel Hall, uh, going to the Bears. Now, Emmanuel Hall, this is a guy who... who is you know can get vertical for days i think the big issue for him was his hands were inconsistent always seemed to be injured uh 62201 ran a 43940 but seemed you know 43 and a half inch vertical leap as well but he seemed to get injured a lot you know seemed to be one of those guys that you know drew lock needed you know relied on and that missouri offense was different when he was in the game but he seemed to get hurt a lot and then he also had had a case of the drops his hands were inconsistent as well and that's why he ultimately uh you know fell out of uh out of the draft you know i actually had him as a potential uh you know third or fourth round pick going to tampa bay as a vertical threat 
you know, for, you know, ultimately replacing uh, Deshaun Jackson. He goes to the Bears. Bears already have Allen Robinson, uh, Taylor, Taylor, Ga- uh, Taylor, I'm sorry, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, uh, Riley Ridley's on the roster, uh, Cordero Patterson, Javon Wims. Another receiving core that's very, uh, just like the Chiefs running, you know, uh, backfield. This receiving core already loaded. You already, you know, I've named five guys. You know, if they're going to keep a, I'm sorry, six guys. So Emmanuel Hall is really going to have to flash and 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 show that he can beat some of these guys out. I just don't know that he's going to be able to do that. So you know, if if I'm um, Emmanuel Hall, you know, it, it, I, I'm looking at him thinking he may end up having to find find uh, find work elsewhere if he wants to make a roster. Now, one of my favorite guys in this draft was Keelan Doss out of UC Davis. You know, he was a guy who had a chance as a grad transfer to go to uh, an FBS program and really wanted to make his mark there at, at UC Davis. And, you know, one of the top receivers in FCS history just put up all kinds of numbers. And uh, if I can bring some of his stats up here, you know, because this, is, this was a guy who was, was just so productive for the Aggies. And uh, because he went to an FCS program, it's going to be a little bit harder for me to pull up the stats. And my computer running a little bit slow. Here we go. So when you talk about Keelan Doss, you know, in the last two seasons, you know, over 200 receptions, you know, basically, you know, 115 receptions, 1,499 yards, seven touchdowns uh, as a junior, and then 118 receptions, 1,334 yards, uh, and nine touchdowns. Now, only a 12.7 yard per catch average, very much a possession receiver. You know, I think that's really what you see when when you watch Keelan Doss play, uh, but a very smooth athlete, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that jumps off. You know, he really ran a 4.4540 at his pro day, um, so not not bad. You know, he, he played against Stanford, uh, 13 receptions, just 106 yards, you know, 8.2 yard per, per catch average. I watched that game, and, and it was really a lot of underneath routes that he was running, able to, to catch the ball in stride and run away from, from, uh, um, from the defensive backs, you know, also played against San Jose state, you know, 11 receptions, just 85 yards, going to be a possession receiver type guy. Now he's going to Oakland. They already have Antonio Brown, uh, uh, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro was drafted to be kind of that slot guy. Uh, But this is a roster that I think he might be able to make, you know, there's Ryan Grant on the roster, Dwayne Harris, uh, JJ Nelson, Marcel Aitman. Um, but when I look at this, th- this, this receiving core, I think they're missing that, that possession guy, you know, Hunter Renfro. Yes. The, you know, very much a possession guy, a guy who's going to play out of the slot, but Keelan Doss is another guy that I think that you can play in there, you know, plug and play, uh, as maybe a fourth or fifth receiver, um, as that possession type guy, you know, he's not going to be a guy on the outside who's going to be stretching defenses vertically, but a guy who runs those intermediate routes very well, knows how to get open. Um, I'm a big fan of Keelan Doss. I hope that he does stick, uh, there in the league for a few years. Uh, Penny Hart going to the Colts. Now, Penny Hart, interestingly enough that he's going to, uh, to Indy, this is a guy who is, is the, you know, when you're talking about diminutive receivers, um, I don't think there's anybody smaller than Penny Hart in this year's draft. Uh, Penny Hart um, out of Georgia State. You know he, he's he's five seven five eight, um, but you know this guy's a, a little spark plug. You know you've got T. Uh, T. Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, 
Um, you know, Paris Campbell there to stretch the defense. You know, Chester Rogers and Zach Pascal, uh, bigger receivers, as is Deion Kane. Uh, you know, Perry Hart, ha- or I'm sorry, Penny Hart has a chance to be uh, another guy who can work out of the slot. I think he and Paris Campbell could be two receivers working out of the slot. If they ultimately want six receivers, you know, I could imagine them having Hilton, Funches, Rogers, Campbell, Pascal, and then Hart. Um, you know, but then there's Deion Kane. So, you know, there's, there's a chance that, you know, Penny Hart could make the roster, could be a guy who, who could, could add to some value from a special teams perspective. You know, they, right now they've got Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal, um, you know, returning kicks. You know, you might need a little bit more of an infusion of speed and suddenness, and that's really what Penny Hart is going to bring. So, if I'm if I'm a guy like Zach Pascal, I'm you know I'm looking around at the roster, you know, possibly even Chester Rogers, thinking, you know what, I I better really work hard for my job because you know there are a couple of rookies that are going to come in here along with Deion Kane, who's pretty much a rookie because. You know, he, he went down to injury that, that really cut his his uh, his rookie season short. So, you know, they're really going to have to battle for uh, for their jobs here. You know, I think Penny Hart still has a chance there in, in Indy when it's all said and done. Just reminds you a lot of T.Y. Hilton, though. So a lot of the same player, um, but I think he's more effective out of the slot, whereas T.Y. can play a little bit anywhere. Next guy is Preston Williams. The big big guy there out of out of Colorado State, um, you know Preston Williams is one of my favorite players, um, you know, and and the reason why is is he was just so dynamic for for Colorado State, a guy who, you know, the you knew that the ball was going to him, and guys just still couldn't cover him, just big physical 64 210 pounds 96 receptions 1345 yards 14 touchdowns um you know just a possession guy a guy who was very good in 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 the red zone uh excellent body control i look at this receiving core and i think he's got a good shot at making this roster uh Devontae parker kenny stills uh bryce butler um you know as your top three receivers along with uh you know jakeem grant but i look at preston williams you know and, and i think he has a good shot at being the number three receiver uh, on this team um you know he's a big physical guy the biggest thing is is he's got the off-field issues that you know he's having to deal with obviously with the domestic issues he wasn't invited to the kind um also had to transfer from tennessee so the biggest thing is is you know is he has he put all of that behind him is he a model citizen you know the team's really going to have to 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 get a good gauge of that but you know if he has proven to you know be putting his best foot forward, you know, he can end up being a steal when it's all said and done because I think he has a lot of talent. Now, Tampa Bay got a guy who, um, you know, back to back thousand yard seasons there in, in, uh, with the Buffalo Bulls, 1,300 in his uh, junior season and over 1,000 um, as a senior while battling a hamstring injury. And that's Anthony Johnson uh, out of Buffalo. Ran a 4 5 40 at his pro day. Um, when you look at this, you know, Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans obviously going to be the starters. Uh, Rashad Perriman, a, a first-round bust for the Ravens, trying to resurrect his career. You have Justin Watson, uh, Bobo Wilson, um, you know, Scott Miller was drafted. You know, this is a very makeable uh, roster 
uh, you know, from a receiver standpoint, uh, especially for Anthony Johnson, a guy who, you know, good possession receiver, a guy who can make plays down the field. Uh, and then Demarcus Lodge, another receiver going there to, to Tampa. And, and Demarcus Lodge really kind of had to play the third fiddle as a receiver, um, especially on a roster with, uh, you know, DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. But a guy who more than held his own, uh, you know, he's somebody who I think could end up being another steal. These are two guys going to come to this team. And, uh, you know, 65 receptions, 877 yards, four touchdowns. I I look at this roster, and I think both of these guys can end up making uh, the roster when it's all said and done. Scott Miller going to be more of a guy working out of the slot, but, uh, you know, one of those those possession-type guys reminds me a lot of Cole Beasley. Um, but Anthony Johnson, a guy who who can stretch defenses a little bit, knows how to get open. Uh, Demarcus Lodge, the same thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll push Perriman, Watson, and Wilson for uh, for – for a job there on, on the roster. Let's see, who else do we have? Um, you know, Antoine Wesley going to, to the Ravens, Ravens need receivers. Antoine Wesley, a six, four receiver, um, you know, out of Texas tech, you know, this was a guy who, you know, not, you know, he's, he's kind of very, very skinny. He's a skinny receiver, very slight, um, you know, in terms of his build, you know, he's 6'4", 206, ran a 4.65 at his pro day. Um, excellent arm, uh, arm length, though. A guy who, who tracks the ball very well. He could end up uh, making that roster there, although he reminds me a lot of, of Jaleel Scott. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Greg Dorch is going to potentially provide some uh, explosiveness and suddenness there to the receiver position there with the Jets. How about David Sills? Uh, you know, all he does is catch touchdowns and he's going to the bills. Um, you know, and he, he's somebody to me, I, I think Josh, uh, Allen is going to develop some chemistry with David Sills, much like Will Greer did. Uh, and I, I think David Sills is going to end up making this roster. I look at it, John Brown, uh, Zay Jones, Cole Beasley, Robert Foster. Um, you know, but this is a guy who, again, another, another guy who tracks the ball very well over his shoulder. I think one of the big things for him is, you know, he, he does a really, he's, he's not the fastest guy, uh, ran a four, five, eight, forty, but he knows how to get open, knows how to run routes. He was a guy who, you know, if you'll remember his story coming out of Delaware, uh, you know, was, uh, recruited as a seventh grader, uh, Lane Kiffin at USC offered him a scholarship. He's a quarterback. So he understands, you know, how to, you know, not only run the routes, but understands how to read the defenses and be able to run his routes to assist those those quarterbacks. Back to back seasons with uh, sixty plus catches, over nine hundred eighty yards, and thirty three touchdowns in in those years. And you know, a sixteen yard per catch average as well. So he knows how to stretch the defense a little bit. Uh, knows how to create that le- late separation. I think he has a good chance at making that roster there in Buffalo. Um, you know, little Jordan Humphrey, disappointing, uh, 40 time at, uh, at the combine, big physical receiver, um, could potentially, you know, find a roster home there with the saints. Um, you know, Cody Thompson going to, to the chiefs. This is one of the guys who I think was, was not, you know, an unheralded guy. Um, you really saw the production for both he and, uh, Deontay Johnson really drop off when Logan Woodside left the quarterback play, uh, was really something um, you know, really just dropped off, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, uh, Michael Hardman there. Um, but in a, another receiving core that I think, you know, they're, they're, they need a guy that's going to work out of the slot. Cody Thompson definitely does that. Jamal Custis, another big, uh, physical receiver there out of Syracuse. 
also come in there. Um, you know, really Jamal Custis more of a one-trick pony, a guy who's going to stretch the defense. But you know, he's six-four, can create a little bit of separation. I think those are two guys who have a good shot at making this roster. They're going to battle the likes of of Byron Pringle, uh, you know, Garrick Dieter, uh, Marcus Kemp. If they can show that they have consistent hands, Cody Thompson really is going to have to show that that ACL. Uh, uh, tear that, that took him out in, in 2017 is behind him. Um, didn't look quite as explosive as he was in 2016, but a guy who just knows how to get open and uh, is a really good slot receiver. We take a look at the tight end position, and, and Dax Raymond, uh, the the junior out of Utah State, really surprised that uh, that he came out. Um, but at the same time, also surprised that he wasn't drafted. You know, this is a guy who has excellent hands, um, you know, runs very well after the catch, blocks, you know, a really good blocking tight end. So I think he's a guy, very good combo tight end. You know, you look at, at Trey Burton there, Adam Shaheen on the roster, Ben Broniker, um, you know, and I think Dax Raymond has a good chance to be the number two or three tight end there for the Bears when it's all said and done. Um, you know, very you know, reliable with his hands. Um, you know, kind of surprised, like I said, that he wasn't drafted. Um, you know, Dax Raymond, uh, 6'5", 255, 47340. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. There are two tight ends taken by the Rams, Keenan Brown, uh, you know, Kind of an undersized guy uh, there, you know. Texas, uh, Texas State. He was the number one target there for for the Bobcats and uh, transfer from um, Oklahoma State. Um, you know, was really the the cowboy back there for um, for for the Cowboys. Goes to, to Texas State. Fifty one, you know, only six receptions in his career, and then you know for Texas State, fifty one receptions, five hundred and seventy seven yards. Five touchdowns, but you know this is a guy who's who's very undersized. He's 6'3", 250 pounds. To me, I look at him could probably be an H back. Um, you know, I think the Rams. You know, looking at, at guys who could offer some versatility, uh, guys who could play multiple positions, and he can definitely do that. I think he can line up as a as a receiver potentially. He could be a tight end. Could be that H back. Could be a fullback. Um, you know, when you're looking at the tight end group, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett was a second round pick. It's kind of underperformed. Uh, as has Tyler Higby to some degree. Um, you know, I, I think both Keenan Brown and uh, uh, you know Kendall Blanton. Out of Missouri, you are going to be, uh, you know, really pushing it there. I think Keenan Brown has a better shot at making the roster though than than uh, Kendall Blanton. Ran a four nine five at the combine, six six two hundred sixty two pounds. Um, you know, I think he's going to be more of a blocking guy. I think that when it's all said and done, the versatility of Keenan Brown is going to end up winning out. I think if the two of them are battling, I think the nod is going to end up going to Keenan Brown. Uh, Donald Parham. A big, uh, you know, six seven six eight tight end uh, was number three in the FCS in receiving. Was cut by the Lions, um, so you know, I was kind of disappointed to see that. And then, you know, he's not a tight end; he's a fullback. But Alec Ingold, um, surprised that he wasn't drafted. I'm glad that to see that you know Chandler Cox was drafted. But I, I look at Alec Ingold, and I think you know Mike Mayock, John Gruden. This is the type of guy that they're going to want. You know, they have Keith Smith there, uh, Ryan Yurichek. Um, a converted tight end, and then Alec Ingold there at, at the fullback position. I think Alec Ingold, um, you know, there there are some guys there, and he's going to have to really show that he can beat out uh, Keith Smith, who's who's uh, been underappreciated. You know, um, converted linebacker. You know, and so both of those guys are are playing at a different position than they did than they played in college, as opposed to Alec Ingold, who was that running back fullback for Wisconsin. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting battle there in Oakland between those three guys. 
Moving on to the offensive tackle, Mitch Hyatt. You know, I'm not surprised Mitch Hyatt wasn't drafted. Yes, you know, when you look at all the accolades, you can sit there and go on and on about, you know, the All-American status and everything else. But I, I just thought that he wasn't the, you know, didn't have the best foot speed. You know, he was somebody who I thought got beat around the edge, you know, quite a bit. Actually had better 2018 tape than 2017. 2017, he just seemed to get whooped uh, time and time again. Uh, Dallas, you know, gets a tight end. I think this is going to be a potential swing tackle um, for them when it's all said and done. Uh, Ryan Bates going to to the Eagles. I, I really like this pick for the Eagles because you know Ryan Ryan Bates is the guy who can play tackle and guard. And you know the Eagles looking for some of that versatility. They drafted Andre Dillard to play tackle. Um, you know they they've brought in. Um, you know, uh, Nate Herbig as a potential guard, but I think Ryan Bates, that versatility to play both tackle and guard, um, you know, especially with Jason Peters, you know, potentially being his last year, Andre Dillard probably going to step in there. You have Lane Johnson on the right side. You have Halapuli Vadi Vaitai, um, you know, Ryan Bates, potential tackle, but then you also have Isaac Sumalo and then Brandon Brooks and his injury, um, you know, Stefan Wisniewski, Matt Pryor on the roster as well. Um, but I think Ryan Bates can, you know, can carve in, you know, uh, a role in there. And, uh, you know, I think that's a nice, nice pickup for them. Paul Adams, out of Missouri, going to the Giants. You know, when I look at the Giants and we're talking about, uh, about the tackle position, they didn't take a tackle in the draft. Uh, Paul Adams played on the left side. You know, right now, probably penciled in to be the backup for Nate Solder. Um, they picked up uh, Mike Remmers to play the right tackle. Um, you know, compete with with Chad Wheeler. So that's a big reason why they probably didn't go tackle because they knew that they were going to end up landing Mike Remmers when it was all said and done. Uh, but I think Paul Adams has a good shot at making the roster. Um, you know, being a backup for Nate Solder on the left hand side of the line. Um, let's see, uh, Joshua Nijman going to the Packers. You know, if, if you recall in my pre-draft, this was a guy who I thought had, you know, he was, he was young, um, you know, was raw, but ha- has some athleticism, you know, really when, when Brian Burns played the Virginia Tech Hokies, uh, he got all of his, his, uh, sack production and all of his pressures when he was working off of a true freshman on the left-hand side. When he went up against Nijman, um, you know, he, he really struggled. You know, when I look at, at, uh, um, Green Bay, you have Brian Balaga, and, uh, you know, his health, he's in the last year of his deal, um, there's Jason Spriggs who's on the roster. He's more more of a left tackle. Um, I think Nijman, you know, he's going to need a couple of years of seasoning, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not challenging for that starting spot on the right-hand side of that line. Looking at the guards, you know, we talked about Nate Herbig going to the Eagles, ben, uh, Bo Benshaw, you know, going to the Lions. Now, Bo Benshaw, you know, was hyped up. I actually had him as one of my top guards and just really kind of fell flat. In, uh, in 2018, you know, the Wisconsin, you know, just their offensive line as a whole, at one point they got benched in a game uh, for the lack of production. Um, you know, Ben Shaw, his biggest thing, he's 6'6". Uh, he's got to get that pad level down. And I think when he when he does that, he's he's very effective in the running game. But, uh, you know, that high pad level, able to get drawn, you know, pushed back and really struggles uh, in the passing game with, with the quickness off the ball. The lateral quickness just isn't there. Um, you know, Frank Ragnow and, and Kenny Wiggins playing the guard positions. Joe Dahl in there. Um, 
Ben Shaw got his work cut out for him, but you know I think this is a roster that's that's very makeable at the guard position for Bo, for Bo Ben Shaw. Deion Calhoun going to the Dolphins. Dolphins need a lot of help there on the interior of their line. I like that posi- that pickup as well. Um, you know another guy that I liked was Fred Johnson out of uh, out of Florida. You know I, I thought that Juwan Taylor got a lot of the hype, but uh, you know his running mate there on the right hand side was. Um, it was was Fred Johnson, and you know, a big physical guy, um, not the not the quickest guy by any means, but you know, in the run in the running game, you know, you let him work, and you know, I, I look at at Pittsburgh, he's going to be a backup guard. I think he'll be the backup for either Ramon Foster or or David DeCastro, and uh, you know, he's going to see the field in the event uh, either of those guys goes down. Uh, let's see, centers, um, Keegan Render. Um, went to the Eagles to back up uh, Jason Kelsey and uh, Jesse Burkett going to the Jags. You know, um, you know, Burkett out of Stanford. Um, when I look at Jacksonville and I look at their offensive line, um, you know, the center position, they have Brandon Linder. Um, but, uh, you know, that was a guy who I thought could potentially come in there. Um, you know, and I'm looking at this now and uh, I don't actually see him on the roster. What happened? So did Burkett. Let's see what happened here. As of the time that I was putting all of this together, he was on the roster. So as as I go through this and I'm checking some of the rosters here, um, it looks like some of these guys have been been let go already. Um, let's see, Jesse Burkett. I don't see him here on the roster. Looks like Burkett actually got signed by the 49ers. So let's see what we have here with San Francisco, um, especially with their offensive line. And I don't see him on the roster there either. Well, so we'll go ahead and move on from the center position. Nothing like putting a podcast together live, right? Um, so let's take a look at the defensive ends. Wyatt Ray, a lot of production there at the defensive end position. Going to the Browns, um, you know, Wyatt Ray, you know, he, he was the, the unheralded one of the two uh, defensive ends there at, at Boston College. Obviously, Zach Allen got all the publicity, but uh, this was a guy who really put everything together as a senior. 11 and a half tackles for loss, nine sacks. Going to a team like Cleveland uh, who really likes to get after the, the quarterback you know, uh, coming off the edge, especially with with Miles Garrett on one side, and you'll have uh, Olivier Vernon on the other. Uh, Chad Thomas is on the roster. Chris Smith on the roster as well. Um, so he's going to have to work, uh, you know, work hard to uh, to see the field. Here's one of the things that might be interesting. You know, Wyatt Ray, uh, because of his his size. He's 6'3", 257. Could you potentially move him to outside linebacker? Potentially back up a guy like Jannard Avery, um, put him you know in space. You know that'd be something that uh, would be interesting to see. You know, what I really like is what Cleveland has done though, just with their their uh, you know building depth. You know Mac Wilson, an inside linebacker. They bring in Willie Harvey out of Iowa State. You know we get to the linebackers. Uh, talking about him now though, I, I really like Willie Harvey as a uh, a guy who could potentially you know impact teams, uh, special teams. Teams. Um, let's see, uh, Carl Granderson going to the Saints. Um, he's got an issue, you know, basically off-field issues right now, a uh, sexual assault case. Um, so that's, you know, uh, his, his status right now is going to kind of be in limbo. Um, 
let's see, defensive tackle, Gerald Willis uh, going to the Ravens. Uh, Gerald Willis was the guy for me. I, I was expecting him to come off the board in round number three. Um, you know, and, and it's one of those things to where, you know, he, he really was a redemption story uh, coming to um, to Miami. Um, let's see, 6'4", 285 pounds, uh, 59 tackles, very active, 18 tackles for loss, four sacks, a guy who can get after the quarterback, um, you know, can push the pocket a little bit and uh, can collapse the pocket as well. Um, you know, he's someone, you know, when, when you look at this roster, I think it's a roster that he can make. You, know, you look at Chris Wormley, Pernell McPhee at, uh, at the end positions, Zach Seiler right there. I think Gerald Willis can come in, um, Willie Henry, another guy. I think he can challenge those guys and, and, and find his way onto the roster uh, with, with Brandon Williams and Dalen Mack there at the nose. Um, but Gerald Willis, because of that first step quickly, I think he's got an excellent shot at making a roster and, and uh, filling out the rotation. Um, Kevin Givens out of uh, out of uh, Penn State going to the 49ers. Now look, here's the deal with Kevin Givens. You know, a lot of people gave him uh, a bad rap, but I really like the kid. 6'1", 283, questionable coming out as a junior, but you know, you look at what he did, 10 and a half uh, tackles for loss, 5 sacks, 13 and a half sacks in his career. And he's going to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, that's you know, a little difficult for for a guy uh, coming in you know, I, I like the kid. You know, I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, he was productive. I wanted to see him come back to Penn State for one more year. Uh, he's going to have to battle. Here's some names. Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, potentially Solomon Thomas if they don't keep him at end. Uh, Sheldon Day was brought in as well from Jacksonville. There's DJ Jones, Cedric Thornton. So he's got his work cut out for him. You know, he's someone who I think, you know, especially if he gets in there, shows that first step quickness, he might end up on the practice squad. Uh, Daniel Wise going to the Cowboys. This was one, uh, you know, this is a, a nice fit, actually. This was, um, you know, a situation where I was expecting Daniel Wise to go to a team like the Cowboys um, out of Kansas, 6'3", 290 pounds, 43 uh, tackles for loss, 17 sacks. Another guy who was very quick uh, off the football. You know, this is a guy who, you know, it runs, you know, the, the NFL bloodlines, you know, his brother is Dietrich Wise. Um, and, and when you look at Dallas and you're talking about the, the, the Cowboy position, uh, the, the defensive tackle position for the Cowboys, you know, Malik Collins, Antoine Woods, you know, really came out of nowhere. Um, you know, there's there's Tyrone Crawford as well. And then Tristan Hill, um, you know, Kerry Hyder was brought in to either, you know, play defensive tackle or defensive end. You know, it's, it's one of those things to where I, I thought this was a good fit for Daniel Wise, but uh, I don't see him making this roster. There's just too many, uh, too many bodies there um, on the defensive front for the Cowboys. I think Daniel Wise is going to make an NFL roster. I think you know that, that first step quickness and his production behind the line of scrimmage is just too much to overlook. Um, I just don't know that it's going to be with the Cowboys. Um, Javier Edwards, you know, big guy out of, out of Colorado. Um, you know, he's going to. Uh, going to the Texans, you know, another guy and Ed, Ed Alexander from LSU, another big guy, um, you know, going to the Seattle Seahawks, you know, two other names to uh, of note there at the defensive tackle position, um, going to the offensive, uh, I'm sorry, the outside linebacker position and, uh, you know, Chase Hansen, Porter Gustin, BJ Blunt, all three uh, going to the Saints. 
B.J. Blunt was the undersized uh, outside linebacker there for the uh, McNeese State. And uh, a guy who just played all over the field. Um, I, I think what hurt him was the fact that he is 5'11 and, and 230 pounds, just ran a 4'7", 340 and a 31 and a half inch vertical leap at his pro day. That's definitely going to hurt him. Uh, Porter Gustin, this is a guy, look, um, just was a beast for USC when he got to play. You know, this was a guy who played with a, a screw in his foot, got back-to-back sacks against Texas. And, uh, you know, they ultimately, I think they pulled him because the screw was kind of moving in his foot. Also found out that he tore his biceps. Um, you know, just an absolute beast. And this is a guy, you know, if you've read the SI article, you know, he drinks his, uh, his, his meals. So he'll blend everything up, the fish, you name it, along with some, you know, some muscle milk. And uh, rather than eat it, you know, to be more efficient, I guess, uh, he blends all of his meals. You know, he was someone who just couldn't stay healthy, you know, fractured his uh, his ankle, you know, which basically ended his his uh, his football playing career, uh, did test positive for a banned substance. I believe it was Adderall. Um, but he did have a prescription for that. I think he got cleared with the, with the league, um, 31 or I'm sorry, 33 tackles for loss, 21 and a half sacks, you know, in just six games as a senior, seven and a half sacks and and 10 tackles for loss. Um, I think a lot of the injuries, you know, really hit him hard in terms of his flexibility or lack thereof. Um, you know, he's somebody who's very, very much a, a guy who, is going to get to the quarterback by any means necessary. Very physical, but when he was out, USC's pass rush looked very, very different, very pedestrian. And uh, that's why I think he has a shot at, uh, at making the roster. You know, you look at at that linebacking core and you've got guys like you know, A.J. Klein, Alex Anzalone, uh, Demario Davis. Behind them, you know, there's uh, you know, Craig Robertson and uh, Vince Beagle and Caden Ellis. Colton Jumper, you know, obviously Chase Hansen, you know, the converted safety. Um, so I think it's a it's a roster that Porter Gustin has a shot at making. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens though um, when it's all said and done. Um, let's see, uh, Landis Durham and, and Tyrell Dodson, two Texas A&M, um, you know, edge rushers. Uh, Landis Durham, you know, going to the Rams. You know, the Rams need outside linebacker help. You know, in in, in a big way, and. Uh, I think a lot of Ram fans were expecting to see a lot more, um, you know, at that outside linebacker position because you have, you know, Samson at Ebicom, you have Dante Fowler, but what else do you have? You know, there's Justin Lawler, there's Trevin Young, um, but I, I think Landis Durham, you know, Obo Ogoronkwo has kind of been MIA there at the position. Um, so what are you going to get there? But Landis Durham, I think really had kind of a breakout 2018. I think that's probably his best year. Um, you know, 10 and a half tackles for loss and seven sacks. Um, you know, really statistically, you know, his junior year was probably better. 11 tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks. But, uh, you know, I, I think you know, he was really more of a known commodity uh, as a senior. And, and yet he was still just as productive as he was as a junior. Um, you know, Tyrell Dodson, really kind of a turn and run type of running uh, type of linebacker. He's going to to the Bills. You know, I, I think he has a chance to make the roster there. Um, inside linebacker, Tavon Coney. Feels like a like a, a Raider, uh, feels like a Mike Mayock type pick. Mike Mayock, if you recall, you know, covered 
Notre Dame uh, football there um, on, on TV for a time. And, uh, you know, the thing with Tevin Coney, though, he's going to have to compete with Brandon Marshall, Jason Cabinda, Kyle Wilbur, you know, NFL veterans. And, uh, you know, the, the thing for me was I look at him as a two down linebacker. He's not really doesn't have the speed. He's a downhill guy, um, but he struggled a lot you know, in terms of some of his lateral quickness and in coverage. So I think that's really why he wasn't drafted. You look at some of these other guys, you know, Terrell Hanks. Uh, going to the Dolphins, you know, Terrell Hanks was the guy who, you know, I, I thought made plays all over the field, over 100 tackles in, in three seasons, um, but he, you know, he ran such a slow time, ran a 4.940 at the combine, that really hurt his draft stock, um, but he has a chance to be a, a backup there on uh, the Dolphin roster. You have Jerome Baker, Raquan McMillan, Kiko Alonso at linebacker, but then I think, you know, the, the rest of the roster is kind of up for grabs at that linebacker position. I think Terrell Hanks has a chance to make the roster. Um, you know, we look at uh, Josiah Tauefa going to the Giants. Um, you know, I, I think they need some help there at inside linebacker. Push BJ Goodson for a starting spot. Um, you know, TJ Edwards, a guy that people didn't really talk about a whole lot. You know, he he didn't perform at, at all at the combine. Um, you know, you look at uh, that middle linebacker position there for the Eagles: Zach Brown, Paul Warlow. Um, you know, TJ Edwards. You know, has a, I think he still has a chance at making the roster. He only ran a four eight seven forty at the combine, which is concerning. You know, the, the question was whether or not he had the athleticism to play at the next level. That's really going to be the biggest concern. Um, but you know, he fills he fills a stat sheet. You know, three hundred sixty six tackles in his career, thirty seven and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. Uh, 10 interceptions, 15 pass breakups. I mean, come on, you know, what else do you need out of this guy? Um, but, you know, the lack of athleticism is really a concern. Uh, you know, and one of my favorite players, um, you know, both he and and Khalil Hodge um, out of out of Buffalo, you know, because they were playmakers, because they were making plays all over the field. Khalil, Khalil Hodge, um, you know, 419 tackles in just three seasons, you know, 21 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, you know, a guy who just knows how to take angles and wasn't the best athlete, um, but, you know, very instinctive, had a very good football mind, but that 505-40 that he ran at his pro day, um, that's just not going to get it done. He's still out there. Um, you know, that's one of the guys that I kind of worry about um, finding a job at the next level, you know, even though he's one of my one of my favorite players to watch from a season ago. Uh, Joe Deneen out of Kansas going to Denver. You know, and I look at Joe Deneen, you know, he was snubbed at the combine and uh, went to his pro day, and I thought he actually ran pretty well. Ran a 4.640 at 6'2", 231 pounds. Uh, Deneen was just a tackling machine for the Jayhawks. And, uh, you know, in, in his career, uh, 382 tackles, including 142 a season ago, 42 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks, six pass breakups, did a little bit of everything. And he's going to Denver, you know, and, and what's interesting about the fact that he's going to Denver is he reminds me a lot of, of, uh, of Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell is already on the roster. Um, you know, Josie Jewell probably going to battle Todd Davis. Um, well, really should be playing alongside Todd Davis there in, in the linebacking core. But I look at the linebackers behind him, Joseph Jones, uh, Keyshawn Biera, um, you know, Dakota Watson, uh, Josh Watson out of Colorado State, you know, back-to-back um, 
100 tackle seasons there for, for Watson. Uh, I think Joe Deneen has a good shot at making this roster. I think he's at, you know showed that he's more athletic than people were giving him credit for. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a good spot for him. Um because we've seen, you know, the type of impact that, that Josie Jewell was able to make gets onto the field and, uh, you know, has earned a starting spot. I think Joe Deneen uh, can end up being a, a backup there. Inside linebacker there for the Jets, Jeff Allison. You know, you look at C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson, they're, they're, they're there. They're going to be the starters, and, and there's no question about that. There's Blake Cashman um, there to play one um, – Man, one of the inside linebacker spots as a backup, but I think Jeff Allison has a chance. You know, there's, you know, basically, you know, you're telling me that I have a chance. You know, Jeff Allison came out uh, a year early, ran a four eight two forty. I know that's going to be concerning. Um, is he going to be a three down linebacker or is he just going to be a two down guy? I think a lot of the plays that he was making, um, you know, was. You know, uh, it, it was against the run. He was kind of that thumper coming downhill. Um, but back-to-back 120 tackle seasons, I uh, really can't argue with that production. Um, but again, that 40 time, you know, and coupled with the fact that, you know, a lot of his plays were, you know, were downhill hitting gaps, makes you wonder about it, some of his athleticism. Cornerback position, uh, Cardinals get two uh, productive corners, undersized corners, Ryan Poley, Brian Peavy. I really am a fan of Brian Peavy. I think he was a guy who um, I, I think he's going to be the one to surprise there in Arizona. Um, when you look at at that roster, especially with Patrick Peterson in a six-game suspension, Byron Murphy brought in along with Robert Alford. You wonder if uh, you know Cardinals knew about that when they took Brian, Byron Murphy. Um, you know, David Amerson's on the roster. Brandon Williams, the converted running back um, out of Texas A&M. Um, you know, these are two guys who I think, you know, still have a shot at making the roster when it's all said and done. Um, hmm. I'm sitting here looking at, at things and I had just mapped all of this out again and I'm looking at Brian Peavy's not on the roster. Let's see what happened to Brian Peavy. He was heading to the. Headed to the Cardinals. I still think that he's a guy who. Has a shot. All, all he needs really is a shot. He, he's 5'9. He's not the biggest guy in the world, um, but a, a guy who can make plays out there on the outside. Um, you know, I, you look at at, uh, at the pass breakups, 30 pass breakups in his career, five interceptions. Uh, looks like the Cardinals moved on from him, but uh, a guy who I still think can play at the next level. He's just undersized. Uh, Montre Hardage uh, going to Miami. Um, you know, the thing with, with Montre Hardage, you know, was was a lack of speed. Is he going to move to um, move to safety? I think that might be a better play for him. But the ball skills are evident. Um, you know, Bobby McCain, Xavier Howard, uh, Jalen Davis, Eric Rowe at the cornerback positions. You know, you got Minka Fitzpatrick and DJ McDonald at the safety. Uh, Rashad Johnson there. Um, I think there's a chance that he could end up sliding into one of those backup safety roles and really be a guy to make plays on special teams. Um, let's see, Hamp Cheevers went to the Titans. He's now on IR. Uh, Jamal Peters uh, released due to injury there, but the Colts, 
Mark Fields, everyone was, uh, you know, was ecstatic over uh, his play there at the Combine. He goes to the Chiefs. Chiefs need corners. Uh, so he, there's a chance for him to, to make some plays there, um, you know, potentially make the roster. And then Chicago taking uh, Derek Beatty. Now, Derek Beatty, you know, is a, I'm sorry, Clifton Duck. Uh, Clifton Duck, um, you know, I look at the cornerback position here, Prince of Mukamara, Duke Shelley, uh, Kyle Fuller, Sherrick McManus, um, you know, Ke- uh, Kevin Tolliver. You know, Clifton Duck's going to have to show up and, and really make some plays out of the gate. You know, this is a guy who has really good ball skills, um, but I, I think he's someone who's going to have to produce early and often, um, you know, there in order to really make a name for himself. But when you have 12 12 interceptions in your career, 19 pass breakups, you know, there's always going to be a, a chance. Um, now, I was talking about Derek Beatty. He actually went to Houston. And Houston, for me, um, you know, I had them penciled in to potentially take a, a corner in round number one. Um, they, they didn't do that, but they ended up taking Lonnie Johnson Jr. and uh, uh, Xavier Crawford in the draft. They get another big corner, but both of the Kentucky corners. Um, so I wonder if the area scout had some pull there, um, you know, taking both of them. But Derek Beatty, um, you know, let's see, Jonathan Joseph's on the roster, Aaron Colvin, Bradley Roby, um, and then a couple of those rookies there with Johnson Batamosi. Um, it's going to be difficult for him to to make that that roster, especially when you're talking about a guy who is as, as tall as Beatty is at that cornerback position. Um, you know, he's 6'2", uh, 197 pounds, and uh, really I thought he was the more productive of the two between he and, and Lonnie Johnson. Uh, you know, six interceptions, 25 pass breakups. I look at, at Derek Beatty, and uh, I'm looking at Houston. They've got Sean Gibson and Justin Reed at the safety positions. They brought in Brian B- uh, Body Calhoun, Jaleel Adai. Um, you know, he could be one of those guys who has that versatility to play both corner and safety. If he can really show up well, he might have an outside chance at making that roster. But you know, again, the back end of that that defense now is kind of you know so many sa- you know, the saturation at the position. I just don't know that he's going to be able to make that roster. Now, moving on to the safety position, when you look at New England, New England, they're always going to be be looking for guys and, and pulling guys out of left field that really can make a roster. And, and I love this pick. You know, you're looking at Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty at the safety positions, uh, Jerron Harmon as well. And then they pick up Malik Gant, you know, a guy who is really a heat-seeking missile out of, uh, out of Maryland. I'm sorry, out of Marshall. And for the Thundering Herd, this is a guy who was one of the leaders of the secondary, um, you know, really in two seasons um, came out a year early, but you know, ni- uh, 190 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, two interceptions, 13 pass breakups, um, and, and a guy again. He's a big hitter, uh, six foot 209, ran just a four six three forty. So the the lack of speed um, and, and some of that stiffness uh, has to be a concern. But I think he has a good chance of making the roster. Um, you know, another guy who was a big you know I was a big fan of was Andrew Wingard um, out of. Uh, out of Wyoming, you know, Andrew Wingard was a guy who just made plays all over the field. Um, you know, you just, you look up and he was making another play. Is he going to be a strong safety? More than likely, you know, he potentially back up Ronnie Harris, uh, Ronnie Harrison there with the Jaguars. Um, you know, but could he potentially be a free safety? Could he challenge Gerard Wilson? 
Um, you know, both he and Zedric Woods were brought in. Zedric Woods, to me, I had to go back and watch some more film on him because, uh, you know, after he ran that 4.29.40, kind of turned everybody's, you know, everybody was was turning heads. You know, 5.11, 205, Andrew Wingard, six foot 209. You know, the thing for me with, with Andrew Wingard, um, you know, I, again, is is just that, that the pr- production. You know, 454 tackles. In his career, 25 tackles for loss, 10 interceptions, eight pass breakups, the range, the intelligence, you know, high football IQ, you know, he's going to make a roster somewhere. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, very confident of that. You know, I think he's a guy who's just a playmaker, and uh, you know, those guys like that, the football instincts, he's going to end up making a, an NFL roster. You know, and Zedrick Woods has an outside shot somewhere as well. You know, six interceptions, eleven pass breakups, ran that four two nine forty, so you know that he can turn and run, and you know, probably going to be that that center fielder as a as a free safety for uh, an NFL franchise. Looking at things. Let's see. Anybody else stand out? Lucas Dennis out of Boston College, kind of a surprise. Um, you know that. Uh, you know, t- for for some that he wasn't drafted. You know, for me, the biggest thing when you look at Lucas Lucas Dennis, um, you know, he yes, he had seven interceptions as a junior and ten pass breakups. Really didn't see that production there as a as a senior. Just one interception, two pass breakups. And, and when you watched him him try to tackle, he'd just kind of throw his body at the at the ball carrier more than anything else. And you really wanted to see him wrap up. He'd throw the shoulder. Um, I'm looking at that safety position. Kentrell Bryce really didn't play very well a season ago. I think he may end up getting his, his starting job stolen by Mike Edwards. I think Justin Evans, Mike Edwards will end up being the starting safeties there. You've got Jordan Whitehead, uh, Isaiah Johnson on the roster. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think Lucas Dennis, uh, you know, he's going to have his work cut out for him as well. You know, has some ball skills, but he's, ha- he's going to have to show that he can wrap up. I just know, don't know that he's going to be able to do that. So those are some of the names from the... Um, Undrafted free agents, you know, some names to be on the lookout for, some guys on the roster. And again, you know, from the time that I, I put this together just a couple of days ago until now, um, you, you've seen that there's some moves that are going to be made. And these are some of the guys that, you know, could be fringe players. And like I said, you know, they may not be on the rosters on, on some teams, you know, on the teams that I mentioned. But, you know, there's some guys that, that I'm looking at that, uh, you know, can end up making an NFL roster somewhere. You know, a guy like Andrew Wingard, a guy who just makes plays all over the field, he has a good shot at making a roster somewhere. You know, and, and a guy like James Williams for the Chiefs, I think there's too many players in the backfield there. But, uh, you know, a team that needs uh, a guy with hands like that, you know, I think he's going to end up making an NFL roster somewhere. It may not be in Kansas City. So let's take a look at how some of these uh, these teams did. You know, I, I mentioned Carolina, I'm sorry, Arizona. They took uh, Ryan Pulley and, uh, and Brian Peavy um, at, at corner. You know, I didn't see him on the roster here, but um, he, he's somebody who, you know, these are two guys who can be uh, special teamers. Um, let's see, a receiver that I didn't mention, they're going to, to – to the to to the Cardinals, AJ Richardson out of uh, Boise State, uh, fifty four receptions, eight hundred twenty five yards, eight touchdowns. Um, you know he's he's one of those guys who you know was physical. 
you know, show that he can separate a little bit down the football field, tracks the ball very well. Um, I look at him and I look at that Arizona Cardinal um, receiving core. And really what's what's interesting is, you know, you've got Larry Fitzgerald. You know that it's his last year. You have Chad Williams and and, and Christian Kirk, Hakeem Butler, uh, Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Kevin White all on the roster. But, you know, I think A.J., uh, AJ Richardson has a chance to make the roster. Um, Atlanta. So we go to the Falcons. And let's see what else we have here for Atlanta. Um, you know, let's see. Who else do we have here? Um, so Alameda Zacchaeus is the first guy that jumps out for me. The dimin- diminutive receiver, man, I'm having a hard time speaking today. Uh, the diminutive receiver there for, for the uh, Cavaliers, 5'8", 188 pounds, over 1,000 yards a, a season ago. Uh, surprised that he got the snub at the combine, but a guy who's very, you know, I think he's quicker than he is fast. A guy who I think can play in the slot. When you're looking at Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley, this is a guy who I think has that niche to play in the slot. He's, I think he's going to challenge Marcus Green, and I think actually has a chance to make the roster over Marcus Green, who was drafted uh, when it's all said and done. Um, when, when I look at other guys here on the roster, um, Let's see, Parker Baldwin, um, you know, out of Arizona State. Uh, I'm sorry, out of San Diego State, a guy who I look at potentially being another guy who could fit in as a uh, as a safety on the back end of the defense, uh, you know, a la DeMonte Casey. Um, so I think there's a potential um, player there on the back end for them. You know, uh, the Ravens, I've already mentioned, uh, you know, their, their biggest haul. Uh, for Baltimore was, in fact, uh, Gerald Willis, the the guy who, with, with the quick first step on the interior of the line. Imagine having a guy like him on on the inside, and then Jalen Ferguson uh, Ferguson rushing off the outside. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. A guy who I was a real big fan of, um, going to really have to push hard to make the roster was AJ uh, EJ Agia uh, out of North Texas. Um, you know, just a, a really good athlete, 6'3", 231 pounds, back-to-back uh, 100 tackle seasons, um, you know, and 41 tackles for loss in his career, um, you know, with 25 and a half a season ago, 16 sacks. Um, you know, so when I look at EJ Agia, yes, he's going to have to work hard to, to make the roster. You know, there's Shane Ray and, uh, and Matt Judon and, and Tim Williams, Jalen Ferguson on the roster already, Tyus Bowser, um, you know, he's someone to me, you may end up having to kick him inside, um, but don't sleep on EJ Agia uh, as a potential uh, sleeper there. Um, you know, obviously the receiver position needed help. Willie Sneed, uh, Chris Moore, um, Jordan Lastly. Uh, now you bring in Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, and Miles Boykin in the draft, and then signing... Uh, you know, the likes of, of Antoine Wesley and Jalen Smith, the receiver position. I think that'll be uh, be interesting um, potential there, um, you know, making the roster as well. Um, let's see. You know, when I look at, let's see, the Bills. Obviously, uh, Tyree Jackson was the... Um, 
number one guy that that kind of jumped off as the as the quarterback and a guy who I think is going to make the roster as a number three quarterback. I already spoke of David Sills. I think he's someone who's going to not only make the roster, but is going to challenge for uh, for playing time. He's going to challenge the likes of Zay, Zay Jones, John Brown. John Brown's more of the vertical threat. Cole Beasley's a slot guy. But uh, I think David Sills is going to be, end up being one of Josh Allen's favorite targets when things were all said and done. Um, you know, I continue to look at the roster a little bit here. Let's see... Um, as we scan through things a little bit, Tyrell Dodson going to the Bills. I think that's going to be a, a nice fit. Um, you know, I, I spoke of that earlier. You know, the Matt Milano, uh, Lorenzo Alexander getting a little old in the tooth, uh, or long in the tooth, I should say. You know, and, and you look at the linebacker position. There's not a whole lot of depth behind Milano and Alexander, and I think Tyrell Dodson has a heck of a chance to end up making the roster here. Uh, moving on to Carolina. And uh, the Panthers, let's see, obviously uh, Elijah Holyfield was the number one guy there in Carolina, um, you know, in terms of, of the free agent acquisitions, in terms of name, uh, more than anything else. You know, they did bring in Terry Godwin, um, who has a chance to potentially be that last receiver on the roster. Um, you know, and that's really, you know, the only guy really of note. Um, they're for Carolina when it's all said and done. Now, Chicago, you know, they, they didn't have too many draft picks, um, didn't really get things started until day two for them, but uh, they were really busy with with a lot of receivers, uh, or I'm sorry, a lot of picks, including some receivers, Emmanuel Hall, uh, Jesper Horstead out of, out of Princeton, uh, taken there in that already, uh, that log jam there at the receiver position. Um, but Alex Bars, uh, a guard, you know, he, he tore his knee. Uh, but a, a guy, I think if he can get that knee right, he has a good chance to make the roster. Uh, Dax Raymond, we've already spoke of him. Chuck Harris uh, at a Buffalo um, at the defensive end position, a guy who, you know, people haven't really talked about um, six and a half sacks a season ago, I believe. Um, he has a chance to to challenge for a roster spot, you know, on the back end of the of the defense there. Uh, I'm sorry, on the, the back end of the roster uh, and potentially get a roster spot. I look at the at, at the Bengals. And uh, the Bengals up front, you know, they, they want to change that, that, that mentality. Zach Taylor, he wants to have an offensive line that's going to block a little bit more like, uh, like he had there in, uh, in L.A. with the Rams. You saw what that offensive line was able to do. Um, I wanted to see them you know, potentially um, upgrade some positions, and they absolutely did that with Jonah Williams on the right, at right tackle. Michael Jordan brought in to be uh, a, that versatile player, uh, potentially challenge Alex Redmond there at right guard. Um, but then they brought in O'Shea Dugas out of uh, Louisiana Tech, a guy who can play tackle and guard. I think he's going to kick inside to guard. He's going to be one of those sleepers who I think is definitely going to make the roster. Um, you know, Jordan Ellis out of Vir- uh, Virginia. You know, this is another log jam at the re- at the running back position. Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, uh, Travion Williams, who's one of my favorite players, and then Rodney Anderson with the with the knee tear. If I'm Gio B- Bernard, I'm looking at this this running back core that. Uh, is forming around me, and and uh, I have to worry a little bit. You know, Gio Bernard, uh, especially with his injuries, you know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I look at a guy like Jordan Ellis, and I don't know that Cincinnati is going to be his home, but um, back-to-back seasons with 215 carries, went over a thousand yards this past season, ten touchdowns. Um, you know, not uh, you know he's five ten, 225 pounds, not a big speed demon, but a guy who can make plays between the tackles. 
Um, you know, so he's a, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Cleveland, I've already talked about uh, Wyatt Ray um, potentially making the roster there. I think that's probably the number one um, free agent pickup. You know, I, I talk about Dallas, and uh, you know, I, I talked about Daniel Wise, and, and there's just so much there at, uh, at so many guys at the defensive tackle position there for Dallas. I really hope that Daniel Wise um, gets into that rotation. Um, you know, and makes the roster, if nothing else, makes a practice squad. But, um, you know, there's just so many guys. I listed them off earlier. Um, you know, now that they brought in Tristan Hill as well. You know, Tyrone Crawford, Malik Collins, um, you know, Antoine Woods. You know, you got Demarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn at defensive end. Um, you know, Kerry Hyder was brought in. Uh, you know, Taco Charlton still on the roster. Joe Jackson. You know, where is Daniel Wise going to fit into this mix? But uh, he's a guy who I'm a big fan of. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Luke Gifford out of Nebraska. You know, he was signed um, as a as a free agent. He has a chance to to make the roster there as an undrafted free agent. Um, you know, at the linebacker position, very productive there for Nebraska. Better athlete than people were expecting. And obviously, Mitch Hyatt as a potential swing tackle. Um, when I look at Denver, um, you know, Brett Rippon is not going to be a guy who's going to stay there on that roster. Um, you know, if ultimately whenever Joe Flacco does hang it up or when he moves on from Denver, if Rippon is still on the roster, he would be locks back up. When you think of, you know, I, the first thing that I thought of with this was, hey, is this going to be another, um, you know, RG3 Kirk Cousins type of a thing. I really don't see that happening. You know, let, you know, let's not rush to any judgment there. Um, you know, and it's not really. You know, I think that's more of a leap uh, than anything else. But I definitely, I, I look at one of those things, and I, I say, you know, Brett Rippon has a chance to be a starting quarterback in this league when it's all said and done. Um, you know, probably won't be in Denver, but um, you know, George Aston. You know, Andy Janovich has been a great fullback for them, but George Aston out of Pitts, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, another very physical um, fullback. And uh, I think he can end up, you know, starting for a number of, uh, of franchises. I just don't know it's going to be Denver because Janovich has been a, a very solid fullback for them. Um, let's see, Detroit. You know, Detroit signed Malik Carney, um, who's a pass rusher coming off the edge. You know, they brought in Bo Benshaw as well. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, already talked about uh, you know Joshua Nijman, um, you know six seven three hundred twenty four pounds. Um, I think he's somebody who can end up you know seeing the field you know when it's all said and done. Houston, um, they, they picked up a couple of of very athletic linebackers and Drew Lewis and, and Jamal Davis. Jamal Davis is a guy from Akron that I really like. Um, you know, and, and someone who I I think has a good shot to to make the roster there um, because of the fact that. Um, you know, he, he is so explosive coming off the edge. Um, you know, was a converted uh, linebacker, played defensive end there for, for Akron for the Zips. Uh, 31 and a half tackles for loss, uh, seven and a half sacks. He transferred from Pitt, uh, six pass breakups in his senior season. Uh, I definitely like that pickup. And then obviously we talked about Karan Higdon previously. Uh, moving on to Indy and uh, talked about Penny Hart. I just don't know that he's going to end up you know, making the roster there, um, you know, but I, I think a guy who I think can definitely play at the at the next level, you know, has that wiggle, um, you know, somebody who I, I think 
and can be a, a weapon in the slot. Um, you know, and who knows? You know, he might be able to slide in and uh, take the job of, of Chester Rogers or Zach Pascal um, because he would be an upgrade in uh, in the return game for sure. You know, when we look at the rest of the roster, um, let's see. Hale Henches, you know, not really a, a guy that people are, are talking about. Uh, you know, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, but Hale Henches is a guy who can end up being that H-back tight end, you know, really more of a blocking tight end, but can end up being the number three tight end on the roster. Um, so I, I like that pickup as well. Um, let's see what else we have. Jacksonville. Uh, Joe Giles Harris is the inside linebacker. I didn't even, I don't even know how I missed Joe Giles Harris, but as I'm going through the actual roster, that's why I wanted to kind of go through it this way as well. Joe Giles Harris was very productive for the uh, for uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, you know, a big physical guy. Um, you know, the biggest question for me is: Is, is he going to be a three-down linebacker? Six-two, two-thirty-four, ran a four-seven-five forty. Um, you know, but very productive, back-to-back, hundred tackle seasons. Uh, played in just nine games as a junior, eighty-one tackles. Um, came out, and I wish he would have stayed. But you know, thirty-two and a half tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks, eight pass breakups. Um, in his career, I think he's instinctive. The big question is going to be whether or not he can be athletic enough to be a, a three-down linebacker. Um, you know, obviously you've got Telvin Smith. You know, he's he's already announced that he's not going to be playing in in uh, uh, in 2019. Miles Jack, Josh Allen there at the linebacker positions, obviously, and then Leon Jacobs probably going to end up taking over for for Telvin Smith. But uh, Joe Giles Harris you know, has a chance to end up making that roster. Um, you know, Jake Ryan there at middle linebacker, Nick DeLuca as well. Um, but I think you can see Joe Giles Harris potentially playing outside linebacker. Quincy Williams, Lorenzo McCray are going to be his top competition there. Um, let's see. If I look at this, you know, we've got we've talked about Wingard and, and Woods at, at the safety positions. Um, you know, Connor Strahan. Uh, another linebacker. He was a, a, a physical guy there for Boston College. Just lacks some athleticism, so that's that's really maybe the biggest concern there um, when you're looking at him. Um, let's see, Savion Smith, uh, the corner out of Alabama, um, didn't bring him up previously, and, and really, you know, for me. I wasn't a huge fan, you know, three interceptions, five pass breakups. Um, you know, I, I think he's somebody who, because he has good size, um, you know, I think he has a chance to make the roster. You look at, you know, Jalen Ramsey, AJ Bouye, uh, you know, Quentin Meeks, DJ Hayden. Um, you know, he has a chance to make the roster, but, you know, he's he just wasn't very productive at Alabama. And so you know, I, I don't know that he's going to end up making the roster there. Um, if we move on to Kansas City, you know, we've already talked about what they've done thus far, um, you know, with bringing in Cody Thompson and, and Jamal Custis, who have a chance there at the receiver position. Um, let's see, Kyle Shermer as a backup. They already have Patrick Mahomes, obviously, Chad Henney. Uh, Chase Litton's on the roster. I think Kyle Shermer has a chance to be that number three, um, number three quarterback for them. Uh, mentioned James James Williams at the running back position. Whether or not he'll be able to make the roster, 
Um, remains to be seen. Uh, how about Gary Johnson, the, the speedster, the track guy, um, there at uh, at the linebacker position? You know, Gary Johnson ran a four four three forty, bring some speed there. You know, obviously they've got Dorian O'Daniel, um, very much like that, uh, like him. Uh, they brought in uh, Darren Lee, Jer- uh, Jeremiah Tauchu's on the roster as well. Uh, Gary Johnson could potentially end up being uh, Reggie Ragland's backup when it's all said and done, though. Uh, so I think that's a nice fit for him there, uh, the, the Texas product. Let's see, the Chargers. Um, let's see. Um, who did the Chargers bring in? It kind of stands out. Daniel Helm at, at a Duke um, as another tight end potentially for them. Um, they have uh, Hunter Henry, Virgil Green, um, Sean Cullen, you know, I think Daniel Helm has a chance to potentially battle, um, you know, Virgil Green and, and, and Colkin for, for a spot there on the roster. Um, let's see. Chris Peace uh, is an outside linebacker for Virginia. Um, I, I was a big fan of his. Um, when you watch Virginia play, he was one of those guys who jumped out and made, made a lot of plays um, for the Cavaliers. Uh, 6'2", 250 pounds, uh, 28 tackles for loss, 16 sacks. A guy who knows how to get after the quarterback. Um, yes, they have uh, Melvin Ingram. You know, they have Thomas Davis, Uchenna Nwosu, but uh, I think he has a chance to, to make the roster. Obviously, you have Mecca Boule um, that they drafted, but, you know, keep an eye on Chris Peace. I, I think that's a nice pickup for, um, for the Chargers. So let's see. We move on to the Rams. And, uh, you know, I've already mentioned the fact that they brought in uh, Keenan Brown there at the tight end position. Um, let's see who else they have here. Um, hmm. Okay, I got one for you. Marquise Copeland, defensive tackle. They already signed Greg Gaines. Um, there to play nose tackle, but I think Marquise Copeland's another guy who has a chance to make the roster. You know, he wasn't um, invited to the combine, both he and Cortez Broughton, and I think both Marquise Copeland and Broughton are going to make an NFL roster. I think Marquise Copeland is going to make the Rams roster. 6'2", 287 pounds, 21 tackles for loss, 8.5 sacks. He wasn't the guy who had the, the breakout 2018 season that uh, Cortez Broughton had, but he was much more consistent year in and year out for them. So I I, I really like that signing, uh, a guy who I think could very, very well fit on that roster. You know, the Dolphins, they take Preston Williams. They took a chance on him, you know, with the, the checkered pass. And uh, if, if everything checks out, I think he can end up being a steal as an undrafted free agent. Uh, Deion, uh, Deion Calhoun, as I mentioned, uh, could potentially be a starting guard for them when it's all said and done. Uh, he and uh, Michael Dieter, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about Dieter and Calhoun as the starting t- uh, starting uh, offensive guards there for, Dol- for the Dolphins. Uh, Terrell Hanks, as I mentioned, uh, the Jonathan Ledbetter uh, at defensive end. Um, could potentially make the roster, although I think he's better off as a five technique. So his signing was a little little weird. Uh, but Montre Hardage, I think, has a chance to, to play, as I, as I mentioned uh, previously. Uh, if we move on to Minnesota, Minnesota bringing in Jake Browning. 
Um, and what's interesting here, you know, I see that uh, Bleacher Report reported that uh, the Vikings brought in or gave Jake Browning 140000 guaranteed, which, you know, as they're suggesting, you know, I, I would agree, you know, I think he's going to stick around. So you have Kirk Cousins, uh, Sean Mannion's on the roster, Kyle Sloter's on the roster. I think Jake, Jake Browning has a darn good chance at being the uh, backup quarterback there for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And, and when you talk about Jake Browning, you know, the obviously his high school career, he put up some amazing stats. You know, did you know that he was the sixth, uh, finished sixth in the Heisman voting in 2016 um, after uh, over 3,400 yards, 43 touchdowns, just nine interceptions. But uh, his play really regressed uh, in 2017 and 2018. Um, you know, still a 64.6% passer, over 1,200 yards, 94 touchdowns, 34 interceptions. This was a guy just the decision making was questionable. Uh, arm strength was a little was a little lacking. Although he has developed, um, worked with some of his his quarterback coaches in the off season and, and really improved the arm strength just a little bit. And uh, you know, if we look at at the roster, Alexander Madison um, was brought in as a running back, but Kari Blassingame uh, is another guy who can be that big um, physical running back. Um, you know, six foot, one hundred ninety-six pounds out of out of Vanderbilt. Um, he's, he, I'm, I'm sorry, he's six foot, two hundred thirty-three pounds. Um, but uh, you know, could he be a fullback? Sure. Could he end up being a power back, um, you know, to compete with the likes of, of Michael Boone and Alexander Madison to back up Dalvin Cook? Uh, you know, that's also a possibility as well. Um, let's see if we look at the rest of the guys. Who else kind of stands out? Nate Metters um, at the cornerback position. Um, Chris Brown was drafted, um, but Nate Metters, you know, was a guy who was coming into the season um, as one of the more hyped cornerbacks. Um, coming into the year, you know, five eleven, one hundred ninety-six pounds. Uh, Metters, uh, just three interceptions, but nineteen pass breakups. Um, had uh, let's see, fifteen in uh, twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, uh, in just ten games in twenty eighteen though, just two inter- uh, two pass breakups and just one interception. Um, so I, I thought the production kind of dropped off for him, and that's really why he fell. Uh, but I think he has a chance, um, you know, to potentially make that roster when it's all said and done. So the Patriots, as I mentioned, Malik Gant, I think, is is the number one possibility here as an undrafted free agent to make the roster. Um, but another guy that was a big favorite of mine looking at this is uh, Xavier Ubosi. Um, you know, he was someone who was brought in. I don't see him here on the current roster, but this was a guy who just seemed to get vertical and make plays. Uh, Jacoby Myers is another guy who definitely feels like a, a Bill Belichick type pick because he's such a possession receiver. Um, he, he's 6'2", 203 pounds, uh, 92 receptions, over 1,000 yards, four touchdowns, just 11.5 yards per reception. But uh, that possession receiver reliable target you know, makes him a, a, a valuable commodity there um, you know they brought in Andrew Beck as a as another tight end um, you know there's there's Benjamin Watson on the roster um, and, and Austin Safarian Jenkins Matt Lacrosse um, but I think Andrew Beck you know has that versatility to be an H-back a fullback a tight end um, so I think he has a good chance at making this roster as well um, Therese Hall you know out, out of Missouri 
Um, I think he has a has a chance as well. You know, you look at some of the depth. Obviously, bringing in Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Oy, Dante Hightower, Landon Roberts, Juwan Bentley. You know, a lot of players there up front. Um, you know, at, at the linebacker position. Um, but Therese uh, Hall is is a guy who you know brings some athleticism. So I think he has a shot. I, I mentioned when we we're talking about the Saints. Ozigbo and AJ Allett, the physical ta- uh, tandem there between the tackles. Chase Hansen, uh, you know, 114 tackles, was a safety who converted to linebacker, so he has some of that versatility. A guy who can drop into coverage, um, which is what you're looking for at the linebacker position. Um, let's see, the Giants mentioned Paul Adams there at, uh, uh, at, um, at tackle. How about Reggie White Jr.? Um, 6'3", uh, receiver, 71 receptions, over 1,133 yards, 11 touchdowns uh, in 2018 at Monmouth. If you recall, um, when we talked about the receiver positions and some of the guys to keep an eye on, he was one of the guys that I was noting that you had to had to watch at the receiver position uh, from a small school. And uh, when I look at the, at the giant receiving core, I think he has a chance to make the roster. Um, if I pull this up, let's see. You you got Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, obviously, uh, really guys who look like the same receiver. Um, you know, you have Benny Fowler and, and Corey Coleman, uh, Cody Latimer, some really underachieving receivers. You know, and if you're looking to bring some some new blood in there, Darius Slayton's going to be no more than than a vertical threat. So a guy like Reggie Reggie White Jr. I, I think has a good chance to. You know, because of his pr- uh, his production, and he's a, a better athlete than I think people would even give him credit for. Um, you know, therefore for Monmouth, um, let's see, ran a four four five forty at his combine, thirty seven and a half inch vertical leap, and then a six seven seven three cone drill. So to put that three seven seven, or I'm sorry, six seven seven three cone drill into perspective, if we were to put that up. That would have tied Miles Boykin for the fastest among all wide receivers at the combine. So, you know, someone to watch um, in as we go through the um, preseason process. Now, the Jets, I, I mentioned uh, Jalen Moore and Greg Dortch. Um, you know, Dortch, he's 5'7, 173 pounds, but, you know, a very sudden receiver, went over 1,000 yards for the Demon Deacons. Um, you know, so I think he has a chance there coming out of the slot. Um, you know, Tyler Jones, the, the guard out of, uh, he played tackle at NC state, but he's kicking inside to guard. I think he has a chance. Um, you know, you've got Colegio Semele, um, Brian Winters, but the depth behind him, I think he's, he has a chance to make the roster. There's Xavier Ubosi. So he moved on from the Jets. I'm sorry, from the Patriots, moved on to the Jets. Jets have Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunwa, and, and Jamison Crowder at the receiver positions, but there's little depth behind them. Um, so you could potentially see uh, Ubosi and Dorch end up making this roster. Um, you know, I'm glad that I found Ubosi you know, and saw that he, he found another roster. As you can see, as you go through this, um, you're going to find guys that uh, you know, bounced around a little bit you know, before finding their home, hopefully. Um, you know, Jeff Allison, another guy at the inside linebacker position who might have a chance. Um, let's see, Oakland Raiders. I talked about Keelan Doss, um, you know, a guy who, again, you know, the production, uh, absolute, uh, you know, 
possession receiver, but a guy who I think can make that roster. Tevin Coney, can he be a a three down linebacker? You know, he he's more of a two down guy. Um, you know, I was never all that impressed with uh, with the speed, and you know, I, I think that play speed is really what what hurt him, and that's what you know ultimately you saw him fall. And uh, ultimately was not drafted. You know, Lester Cotton out of Alabama has a chance to be a backup guard on the roster as, uh, you know, Andre James, undersized tackle. Um, but I think the versatility, he could potentially play kick inside the guard as well. He has a chance. Koa Farmer is an athletic linebacker. Um, you know, this linebacker position, um, you know, they've got Burfecht and, uh, and Markel Lee, Brandon Marshall, um, you know, James Cowser's on the roster. Um, you know, there, there's there's a chance that uh, that Koa Farmer, with his athleticism, has a chance to make the roster as well. Um, let's see. Keep moving along. The Eagles mentioned Ryan Bates. You know, in his versatility uh, to play both tackle and guard. You know, and, and Nate Herbig. Um, Nate Herbig, basically his his worst tape was you know, unfortunately for him, was against. Uh, Jerry Tillery, that four sack performance, and most of that was him getting beat. I think he's a guy who just lacks the athleticism, um, but he still still has a chance to make the make the roster when it's all said and done. I just I worry about the the, the foot speed for him. Um, let's see, T.J. Edwards, um, just because of the instincts, the athleticism is questionable, but I think he definitely has a chance um, because he just fills out the stat sheet. Steelers mentioned Fred Johnson, you know, and I think Fred Johnson's a guy who just fits what the Steelers want to do, um, especially in the running game. Uh, you get uh, John, uh, James Conner moving downhill. Uh, you look at David DeCastro, and, and I see Fred Fred Johnson fitting in nicely uh, behind him. Garrett Brumfield uh, out of LSU. Um, speaking of guards, um, I think he also has a chance to to make the roster. Um, Let's see, Damian Prince out of Maryland. Um, let's see, he's a guy who could potentially be a tackle, also kick inside to guard. So I think you know they they're pretty much set on the interior of that offensive line there in uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, let's see, what else we have? Drayvon Askew Henry. Um, as a safety, I, I like that. I think he has a chance to make uh, make the roster as uh, potentially the number three safety uh, when it's all said and done. I think you know Askew Henry uh, was there at West Virginia, and um, you know was a guy who just made plays all over the field. Um, you know, six foot, two hundred two pounds, over two hundred tackles, six interceptions, ten pass breakups, nine and a half tackles for loss. Uh, so I think he has a chance uh, there in Pittsburgh as well. Now the 49ers, um, you know, for me, let's see. When we look at their roster, Sean Poindexter, uh, the former volleyball player there for Arizona, 
um, bring some some size to the receiver position. Uh, but with Jordan Matthews already on the roster, you know he's going to have a tough time making the roster. But I, I think he's a guy on the outside, a developing guy. You could potentially put him on your practice squad. Uh, a guy who I think down the stretch, uh, you know, could uh, can end up turning himself into uh, an NFL player. Uh, other guy on the on here is Aziz Alshire. And, and the thing that I really like about Aziz, if you recall early on in my podcast, he was the guy that I was talking about as one to watch. 6'2", 228 pounds, played in just six games, tore up his knee, uh, but back-to-back, uh, prior to that, back-to-back 100 tackle seasons, including 146 as a junior um, you know, in, in those two seasons as a sophomore and junior, uh, 21 tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, four pass breakups, uh, 395 total tackles in his career. Um, you know, he's someone who I, I think has the ability, you know, understands angles, but I don't know that he's necessarily the best athlete. You know, I don't know that he's going to necessarily be that guy who can be a three down linebacker. He's going to have to prove everyone wrong. Also prove that he can uh, really work on that, um, the, the, the knee issue. You know, I think that's really going to be a, a big question. Can he drop into coverage? That's going to be the big question. I don't know that he's going to be able to drop into coverage, and, and that's going to be what's really going to hurt him. Um, talked about, uh, you know, Kevin Givens. You know, uh, I think he's going to make an NFL roster. It just won't be with the Giant, with uh, the 49ers. Uh, moving on to Seattle. Um, Seattle picked up Martez Ivy. You know, I talked about all these other. Um, Florida Gators, but Martez Ivy was a guy who you know, over 30 starts there at left tackle. I think his home is ultimately going to be a guard, but because of his versatility, that's a big reason why Seattle likes those guys. And um, I'm looking at their roster, and I don't see him on the roster. Um, but Martez Ivy would have been a guy that I could see potentially fitting in there. Jazz Ferguson, um, incidentally, going to Seattle. Seattle needs some receivers. They need some 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 receivers. We talked about DK Metcalf, Gary Jennings, and John Ursua um, going to the the to the Seahawks. But Jazz Ferguson is another you know big bodied receiver. Uh, you know a guy who who ran surprisingly well at the combine. Um, ran a four four five at six five two hundred twenty seven pounds. Um, was very productive in his career. Um, so he has a chance to make that roster. Um, if we look at other positions, let's see. Um, I think he's probably the probably has the best shot looking at at the roster. Um, you know, of guys that they've brought in to potentially make make the team. Um, Devontae Davis out of Texas, um, you know, another big corner, um, you know, he playing for, for Texas. Um, let's see, Devontae Davis, 6'2", 203, uh, 20 pass breakups in his career, four interceptions. I look at Devontae Davis, you know, he, he fits the mold of a, of a cornerback there uh, for Seattle. They have Shaquille Griffin, they have Trey Flowers, um, but, you know, who's going to be the corners behind them? Um, I think Devontae Davis has a shot um, at uh, at making the roster, as does uh, Derek Thomas. You know, Derek Thomas is 6'3", 192 pounds. Um, and, and the thing with Derek Thomas out of Baylor um, that really stands out right away is the fact that he ran that 443, uh, I'm sorry, 4-4-4-40 at the Combine. Um, you know, someone who definitely turned heads 
um, you know, made people go back and watch more game film and, um, you know, seven pass breakups in his, in his senior season. Um, you know, but, uh, just 21 tackles, one interception, um, you know, not a ton of production there, but, you know, a guy who has some of that physical upside and that's really what Seattle likes to see is that that physical upside that they can really work with Tampa already talked about Anthony Johnson, who could potentially be the number three receiver. Um, you know, I, I really love that pick that pickup and uh, I think he's definitely going to make the roster um, and again has a chance to be that number three receiver I think uh, DeMarcus Lodge potentially has a number four wide out uh, on the roster um, as we kind of comb through things a little bit Bruce Anderson kind of jumps out to me as a running back they have Peyton Barber Ronald Jones was a second round disappointment but Bruce Anderson a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit I think he has a chance to make a roster as that number number two number three running back on the um, for the Bucks um, talked about Lucas Dennis you know challenging you know whether or not he can make the roster um, but uh, Dakota Dixon you know was a playmaker for Wisconsin I think he has a chance to to make the roster there. Um, moving on to the Titans, I mentioned Alex Barnes potentially being the number three running back at, behind Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Um, you know, Anthony uh, Ratliff-Williams. Need to go to the roster to make sure that my notes match. And he is still on the roster. Um, but you look at, you know, you have Tajay uh, Sharp, uh, A.J. Brown, and, and Taiwan Taylor as the compliments to Corey Davis, number one wideout. Obviously, Adam Humphreys playing in the slot as well. Um, Anthony Ratliff-Williams, athletic wideout. Um, versatile as a returner as well. He has a chance to make the roster. Um, and then Derek Roberson. Derek Roberson, to me, when I, when I look at, at this lineup, you know, Cameron Wake is, is an aging defensive end. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, outside linebacker, really, in, in their 3-4 scheme. Um, you know, DeAndre Walker, more than likely going to take over for him. Um, you know, and you have Harold Landry already on the on the roster, Kamali Correa as well. Um, but Derek Roberson, very productive as a guy, you know, an edge rusher coming off the edge. I think he has a chance um, to potentially challenge to make a roster there. Um, the Redskins... Let's see what the Redskins have here. Um, hmm. um, TJ Ramming, um, you know, it looks like they're trying to hope that they catch lightning in a bottle twice out of the Duke organization or uh, Duke University. You know, they, they were able to pick up um, Jamison Crowder a couple of years ago. You know, this is a receiving core. You know, you've got Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson, you know, and then you have Terry McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon that you brought in. Um, you know, Brian Quick is a bigger receiver. Trey Quinn is kind of your possession guy. TJ Ramming could potentially be a guy who, who could work out of the slot. Um, he has an outside shot at the roster. Ryan B is a mammoth <laughs> of a man. He's 6'7, 6'8, 280, 290 pounds. Excellent length. Um, he's going to be a guy to keep an eye on. BJ Blunt, as I mentioned, an undersized. Uh, linebacker there, um, you know, on on the roster, um, you know, he's someone I think 
probably kick inside, you know, potentially challenge uh, Harvey Coleman. I'm sorry, Josh Harvey Clemens and Cole Holcomb there at the inside linebacker position. Um, Jojo McIntosh, you know, I think he has a shot to, to make the roster as well. Very uh, physical uh, safety. Taylor Rapp was the guy who played all over the field. Jojo McIntosh wanted to be the guy that wanted to really just, you know, light people up. He was kind of the hammer in uh, uh, the Washington backfield, or I'm sorry, in, in, in the Washington uh, defensive backfield. And uh, Juwan Bushel Beatty has a has a chance to be the um, he and Chidi Okiki. Um, looking at uh, the offensive tackle position, they have a chance to potentially make the roster as backups to Trent Williams and Morgan Moses. Um, you know, Jerron Christian's on the roster right now, but I think they definitely have a chance, especially with Tyler Catalina kicking inside to guard. Um, you know, I think they definitely have a chance there. So those are all of our un- undrafted free agents and really what all of that looks like. Um, we, we're running out of time here, but really briefly, we look at the 2020 draft. Obviously, the quarterback position, Tua Tonga-Vailoa out of Alabama, Justin Herbert of Oregon, Jake Fromm out of Georgia are your top three quarterbacks, but K.J. Costello out of Stanford, Jacob Eason transferring from Georgia to Washington. He's one to watch. Nate Stanley, can he be consistent there for Iowa? Shea Patterson, is he going to build on what he did last year with Michigan? Um, you know, Felipe Franks out of Florida. Uh, Kelly Bryant you know, is transferred from Clemson to Missouri. Jalen Hurts transferred from uh, Alabama to Oklahoma. Riley Neal transferring from, from Ball State to Vanderbilt. Jake Bentley, Stephen Montez, you know, a lot of receiver, a lot of quarterback, Brian Lewerke out of uh, Michigan State, a lot of quarterbacks to keep an eye on and really see who takes that next step to be, um, you know, those quarterbacks behind. I think you really have uh, Tangavailoa, Herbert, from Costello, Eason, Stanley, and, and Patterson are probably your top quarterbacks. But right behind them, there are a lot of other quarterbacks that you really want to see what can they do throughout the season. So a lot of guys to keep an eye on. Running back position, I think really what you have here is a four-headed monster of of Travis Etienne, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, DeAndre Swift, and and J.K. Dobbins. The first three, you know, just explosive backs. J.K. Dobbins showed that he could carry the load there for the Buckeyes. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, transfer from Illinois to Vanderbilt. Glad that he stayed, and, and I think he's going to be um, the the guy that nobody's talking about in the SEC. Um, Najee Harris is going to get more hype there out of Alabama, but I think Keyshawn Vaughn is probably going to end up leading the SEC in rushing if he can stay healthy, and that includes DeAndre Swift there out of Georgia. AJ Dillon out of Boston College, the big physical back. You know he's he's what 240 pounds, but can you know allegedly run a four five forty. Uh, can he stay healthy? Eno Benjamin out of Arizona State. He and JJ Taylor at Arizona. Um, you know packed pack twelve running backs. You know into the mix. Eno Benjamin just you know it's so difficult to bring down. He's got those spin moves, uh, running out of tackles. Receiver position. J- uh, Jerry Judy obviously the number one wideout. After that you have CD Lamb of Oklahoma, Lavisca Chenault out of Colorado. Uh, really sad to see him 
go down for the year. Um, but, you know, Chenault is, is one of the more potent weapons, as is T. Higgins out of Clemson, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan, Henry Ruggs of Alabama, Tylen Wallace was a Bolitnikoff Award finalist. Then there's Colin Johnson, Tyler Johnson out of Texas and Minnesota. A couple of bigger receivers there on the outside, as is Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame, Michael Pittman of USC, Kalijah Lipscomb um, is, a, is a nice uh, receiver there for Vanderbilt. I'll tell you, Vanderbilt... They got Riley Neal, they got Keyshawn Vaughn, they got uh, Kalijah Lipscomb. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, other receivers to keep an eye on, Brian Edwards, Van Jefferson um, you know, out of South Carolina and, and Florida, K.J. Hill of Ohio State, Denzel Mims of, of Baylor, Jawan Johnson transferring from Penn State to Oregon, Isaiah Wright, the do-everything guy for Temple, Rico Bussey. You know, a, a group of five guy out of North Texas, nobody's talking about, but you know could potentially make an impact, um, especially with Mason Fine at quarterback. I didn't even talk about him at quarterback at all. The undersized guy. You know, you look at a lot of the undersized quarterbacks. Keep an eye on Mason Fine there. You know, in, with, uh, with with North Texas. Tight end, obviously Albert O. Albert Owe Boonham was you know a go-to target for Drew Locke at Missouri. Colby Parkinson is the uh, huge tight end there for Stanford. Uh, Jacob Breland of Oregon is going to be a go-to target for for Justin Herbert. Uh, uh, Jared Pinckney out of Vanderbilt. Shoot, there's another Vanderbilt player. Uh, Grant Calcaterra out of Oklahoma. Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue. Uh, and Mitchell Wilcox out of uh, USF. You know, guys to keep an eye on there. Offensive tackle, Andrew Thomas out of, out of Georgia with the power. Trey Adams coming back from you know after a knee injury and a back injury. Can he stay healthy? Walker Little of Stanford. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton, another guy out of Oregon, uh, has played on both sides of the line. Uh, best line, lineman that nobody's talking about. Um, Iowa has two, uh, two offensive tackles uh, in Alaric Jackson and Tristan Wirfs to keep an eye on. Trey Smith out of Tennessee. Uh, you know, Tennessee wasn't very good a season ago, but I thought he he was kind of an underappreciated guy there. Um, you know, Oregon, you know, they've got Brady Aiello at right tackle and then Shane Lemieux at, at, at guard um, to keep an eye on. Um, ben Bredesen out of Michigan at guard. Alex Leatherwood, Tommy Kramer of Notre, uh, Notre Dame, John Runyon. At Michigan, tackle, guard. Um, I don't, uh, Iowa State has two guys, Bryce Meeker and uh, Josh uh, Knipfel, um, who I think can both um, play at the next level. Um, center position, I think it really starts with Tyler Biotish out of Wisconsin, but Zach Sh- uh, Shackelford of Texas is someone to keep an eye on, as is Jake Hansen of Oregon. I think those are the three top uh, top centers in uh, in college football right now. Edge rushers, Chase Young out of Ohio State looks like a budding star, as does A.J. Epinesa out of Iowa. If you've listened to my podcast, especially when I talk about Max Sharping, um, Alex uh, A.J. Epinesa was the one guy that bested Max Sharping. Um, he's someone to keep an eye on, as is uh, Kalevon, uh, you know, Chase on out of LSU. Uh, Mieter Grasmatos uh, out of Penn State. Um, was just a beast, you know, unblockable at times coming off the edge. Kenny Willickis of Michigan State has a motor that never stops. Alton Robinson of Syracuse, excellent off the edge, as is Bradley and I out of Utah. Notre Dame has two guys to keep an eye out for, Julian Aquara, Romeo's brother, and Khalid Kareem. Um, Anthony Jennings out of Alabama coming back for another season. Curtis Weaver of Boise State knows how to get after the quarterback, as does Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee. Um, 
can't can't forget uh, Tipa Naliai out of uh, Utah State. He can get after the quarterback coming off the edge. Michigan has two guys, Joshua Uche, um, you know, did a good job filling in coming off the edge, and then Mike Dana coming from Central Michigan over to Michigan. Um, he's the guy to watch out for. Um, you know, Trevin Hill who transferred from Virginia Tech to Miami. Um, uh, obviously there's Terrell Lewis out of Alabama, um, you know, Jabari Zuniga out of Florida. He is one of the reasons why Jukai Polite was not a starter. Um, defensive tackle, obviously Derek Brown of Auburn is kind of the class of, of this group. Raekwon Davis of Alabama, Nick Coe of Auburn, uh, Richard Lu- uh, Lawrence out of LSU, a guy who I think is a rising prospect, LeBron Ray of Alabama, um, Leti Foku out of out of Utah, um, you know, Ray Lima of Iowa State, um, Braden Fahoku of uh, of uh, Fahoku out of uh, LSU, at the linebacker position. Obviously, you've got Dylan Moses of Alabama, the junior, um, Patty Fisher out of Northwestern. You know, burst onto the scene as a true freshman and, and was productive again last season. Shaq Quarterman, really the uh, you know the guy who leads that Miami. A hurricane defense. Uh, Troy Dye out of Oregon is is another guy who you know didn't get all the hype, but was the big playmaker a season ago for Oregon. I, Isaiah Simmons, kind of that Dorian O'Daniel type safety linebacker hybrid. Kenneth Murray of Oklahoma. I'm not as high on him as a lot of people. Yes, he made a lot of tackles, but he made a lot of you know. Um, you gave up a lot of big plays. You know, wasn't in position. Seemed to run away from the from the proper hole. Um, so hopefully, you know, getting uh, Alex Grinch in there to to be that, that defensive coordinator can really help things for him. David Woodward, tackling machine for Utah State. Joe Bocci, the leader of that Michigan State defense on the uh, you know at middle linebacker along with uh, Willicus. Uh, Khalid Hudson, the safety linebacker, do everything guy there for Michigan, and Michael Pinkney um, of Miami. Finishing things out with Shaq Quarterman at the cornerback position. Bryce Hall would have been a first-round pick had he come out, um, you know, there at Virginia. C.J. Henderson of Florida and Trevin Diggs of Alabama. Right after him, you have Jeffrey Okuda of Ohio State. Christian Fulton of LSU. After that, um, you know, A.J. Terrell of Clemson. Julian Blackman of Utah. Um, definitely have to be mentioned. Mark Gilbert of Duke, of Duke. Can he come back off of that hip injury? And then finally, the safety position, Grant Delpit of LSU. He's going to be a top five pick. I think Richard LeCount of Georgia has a chance to be a, a first rounder. I thought Aloe Gilman of Notre Dame really stepped up his game. Uh, Greg Eisworth tackles everything there at Ohio State. I'm sorry, Iowa State. Um, and let's see, Brandon Jones of, of Texas, um, you know, I thought was, was really... Um, underrated and uh, Jordan Fuller of Ohio State has all the talent in the world but you know he was very inconsistent and, and really needs to put together a good senior season to, to finish things out so put together a lot of guys there to keep an eye out for for the 2020 draft but uh, you know I'm gonna I got my work cut out for me I need to go back take a look at some of my notes uh, from the 2018 season really start putting things together for for the 2020. Uh, draft and uh, start putting the website together and uh, you look at the end of August we'll start this all over again so hopefully you've enjoyed the ride with me 37 episodes of the 2019 draft podcast
podcast series, the Ready for the Draft podcast. This is the second year that I've put this together. Hopefully you've enjoyed things and you'll stay tuned uh, for the 2020 season and enjoy that ride with me as well. Um, I'm going to do my, my, my hardest work here in the off season to make sure that I'm prepped and ready to go. Um, you know, and then we'll make sure that we're covering things on a weekly basis going forward. Um, you know, after that August podcast. So be on the lookout, ready for the draft podcast, 2020 edition, end of August. Until then, I hope everyone enjoys their summer. Hope everyone, uh, you know, gets to travel a little bit, enjoys, uh, you know, June, July and August. Hopefully you start getting that itch, you know, for college football, for pro football there uh, as, as you get into the middle of August. And uh, I'll be here and ready to get you prepared for the draft. I know I'm going to be counting down the days until uh, until the 2019 college football season. So without further ado, time to sign off for the last time for the 2019 podcast series for readyforthedraft.com. This is the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone, and I am out of here.